Welcome to Campbell and Cohen's Kooky Quarantine. I'm James Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. And uh, so this is an episode that was about a week in the making because Ben and I, even though we are in the same place uh, physically, minus like a few, probably 100 feet difference, uh, vertically, horizontally, and uh, whatever other dimension there is. Diagonal, dimension. Diagonal, there we go. Yeah. Time, I don't know. There might have been yeah, a time. Uh, we were ships passing in the night. Like, we wanted to record something uh, together, but we didn't because we suck. Waving at each other tearfully from a distance. Mm-hmm. It was very, very sad. Yeah, so uh, we're recording this on uh, Friday, August uh, 20th. Uh, normally, at this time, we would be playing Dungeons & Dragons, but, you know, our Dungeon Master actually has, like, their life, like, prioritized. What are they thinking? I know. Choosing family over the game. I need to pretend I'm a Ukrainian sorcerer with a pet snake, damn it. Uh, that is, for some reason, how I unwind after work. I don't know what that says about me. It may not be positive. And I need to unwind. Actually, I'm not sure if I unwind. I get more wound up, probably, by playing a sociopathic pacifist uh, bunny half green bunny halfling uh, so... You know, I think you unwound more when your character just really let the terrible fly. I, I have to imagine you've got to be like, there's got to be like a tumor building up in your head every time you have to just not have your character go spill rotten fruit or, I don't know, dry hump the furniture or something. Almost I was, went out my nose. I, I so, listeners, I was trying taking a sip of water <laughs> and then just almost made me laugh. Almost had it. I tried. Almost either went up my nose or I would have done a take. And I that mean, would make for a great video. I, I really tried for you, our, our loyal listeners. I know you wouldn't have seen it, but I mean, the spirit. No, would they would have been. seen it if they signed up for our Patreon. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, actually, it's not really a, like a tumor or anything. Actually, it's just like because doing the, like the super nice thing and pacifist thing gets even more annoying so it's just more fun see i've always sort of like assumed that you rolled with that since you've been doing that for like a month or two now because you know it drives everyone nuts uh because occasionally it just stops the game dead in its tracks but this it's good to have confirmation yeah so yeah my character at first was completely chaotic evil and now, but then he got beaten up by Jesus, like putting in a burlap bag and just the crap was beaten out of him by Jesus. Yeah, well, that in-game, Seamus was a little bit too enamored of the role play, and so his character was being so obdurate, uh, and it was disrupting the, the plot too much that to move it along... Yeah, our DM literally had Jesus Christ appear in the middle of our, you know, high fantasy setting in the whatever world it would be described as vaguely forgotten realms uh, and just kick the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he, be- my character became like to- so, like, lawfully good, but to the point where it's, he's like worse than Ned Flanders. The lesson here, people, is that Christianity makes everyone insufferable. I I can't refute that as a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take that as a win. 
Uh, well, so, after millennia yeah. of like losses for your people, I guess you just kind of deserve the wins when you can get them. You know, it's this and inventing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And the bagel. There is that. Yes. However, I'll still never forgive you and Zach for those pieces of bread that you provided. The bagels themselves would have been fine had the bakery remembered to bring the schmear like they promised. That was uh, that was the disappointment, as I said. Yeah, saw. no, it, they were not proper bagels because you have to. I could just tell. I'm a uh, New Yorker. Haters gonna hate. See, listeners, so, listen, yeah. the Jewish caucus. The Jewish caucus used to have a tradition of doing a bagel brunch at every meeting. Um, and we were going to bring that back this biennium, but, you know, COVID ruins all things. Um, and so with this one, since we're meeting in person again, we're like, hey, let's do this again. Seamus had made a recommendation for a place that would overnight them from New York. Uh, but then uh, a member of our leadership for our caucus had a connection with uh, a Jewish bakery in Cleveland, and we want to support local when we're doing things like this. So we went ahead and contracted out with them to go and supply the bagels, and they were fine. Um, they they forgot the cream cheese, and I'm giving serious eye roll to fuck really the word is. fine. He's been mad about this for a while now. Um, you know, I my my complaints are a lot more specific. He just really, really does not like the idea. I don't know if those of you who listen who aren't in the New York area, New Yorkers are very defensive about the idea that they're the only people who can make food. So it's mainly pizza and bagels, but bagels more importantly. But we will share the crown with Montreal. I see. I didn't know Montreal had a specific bagel culture. That's actually intriguing. Yeah. Um, uh, this is more interesting. They uh, will cook theirs with molasses. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, that's how um, what they use for yeast to make rice. Okay. Hmm. I'm, just, I'm just trying to think about what this would be like. I haven't been to Canada since I was a small child, so... At some point, I'm, I may have to experiment with this because I'm curious. But with New York bagels, well, one, it's the water, and that will uh, in, uh, change the entire flavoring. But two, thing is that a lot of bakeries do not know that first you should have to boil the bagels before you bake them. See, I'm, I'm still more stuck on the idea of the water there because I'm having this great image of a bunch of New York bakers just like going with buckets to the Hudson River and just, you know, toting it back to their shops. Uh, you know, It's called Reservoirs, bro. We have them up in the Hudson Valley. I love the idea that the flavor is going to be determined just by how polluted it is that day. Maybe how many dipped fish are in there. There have been blind taste tests that have proven that New York water is like one of the best in the country. And fascinating to me. (laughs) Macy's, Herald Square, will actually sell, actually sells New York bottled water. So at some point in like the next opportunity, you're going to need to bring me some New York bottled water, like take the label off and, you know, put it next to a bottle of Dasani or something. Um, You know, maybe just some local tap water wherever we are for control. 
I, I want to know what this is like. I feel like I have to experience this for myself. Okay, down. I'm 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 intrigued. I'm genuinely intrigued. The only thing is, damn it, I'm gonna have to check a bag. What is with people? I didn't know that checking a bag was such an unusual thing for most people. After having been, you know, ripped on it for the last two trips that we've taken recently. Well, for me at least, like I don't, I don't hate on anyone who does it, but like I don't like it just because, like, I don't like to have my stuff taken like from my person for uh, starts. And it's uh, second thing is that also there's been enough occasions where like the, my uh, luggage has been lost. Like it's like it's like having me only like twice in my life, but it's just annoying enough. It's like okay, see, like, that's fair. Like I could, I could see myself being so annoyed by that once. I mean, I got, you know, my entire like travel to a YDA meeting 10 years ago messed up because I didn't check in in advance. And now I not only do that, but I am so neurotic about getting to my flight early uh, that people make fun of me about it as in fact happened on my way home from Cincinnati last weekend. It was literally- and, um... Listeners, in case you didn't gather, we were both at the Young Democrats of America convention in Cincinnati last weekend. Partying hard, causing trouble, uh, generally plotting, you know, the future of the free world in ways that nobody can truly perceive, as is what actually happens at YDA meetings. So all you conspiracy theorists out there, congratulations on being right. Uh, We're glad to tally this one up for you. Yeah, Ben basically hits the nail on the head on that one. And it's one of those things we have no issue talking about because we only have like 14 listeners. And those of you who aren't already part of YDA probably assume we're lying anyway. So, so you know, wahaha, we have absolute freedom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Ben nice terms as pocket shares that ended. I know. Yeah. Man, we, we, we put that in our promotional materials for the show that were caucus chairs. Shit, we got to do something about that. I'm still on the National Committee. Uh, you're just an old man. It's true, I am. I'm just, I, the group chat on GroupMe for caucus chairs, uh, I'm, I'm sticking around for another week or two so I can help them transition into uh, listeners. Like one of the actual things that we did is I've, we, we've had this pet project for a while of starting an actual board for caucus leaders in YDA and we formalized that last weekend. Um, so I'm sticking around even though everyone else is sort of phased out of the old group me for all the chairs, just so I can help them facilitate that. Just, you know, this has been a thing for us. So I wanna make sure they do it right, help them get their uh, their own little election taken care of. Um, and then I'll be out, but you know, we, we always have- To be honest, day. like leaving that group me was actually like one of the saddest parts of that weekend. Aww. Like, I actually, because, so, believe it or not, listeners, there's a huge camaraderie among the caucus chairs. Yeah. Because uh, we all know that we're better than you, and we like to revel in that. Then also, we're, all of the issues that we have to deal with within our caucuses, basically everyone else is dealing with it at some point or other. Yeah, it's, it's wonderfully universal, given that we're all supposed to be representing different constituencies. Uh, but yeah, we always, you know, identified ourselves in that by like, you have your name and then parentheses what you're the chair of. So mine no longer says Ben Cohen, Jewish caucus chair. Uh, I changed it to Ben Cohen, parentheses, random old dude. A little too on the, on the nose there, but okay. I, I'm just trying to be honest about myself, Seamus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so one thing that Ben and I did work on was creating a Council of Caucus Chairs, not unlike um, the uh, ACUP, which is Association of Chartered Unit Presidents, formerly known as the State Associ uh, President Association, and uh, CORD, which is the Council of Region Directors. So now we have the uh, CCC, or as I want to try calling it, the C-TRIP. I've been calling it the triple C. C trip might be a little bit funnier though. I just wanted to make sure that if we were going to call it something like that, you, you know, there's an of in there that we've got to be really careful about if we're coming up with an acronym. Uh, so I really wanted to get ahead of that. Yeah. Uh, a former guest on this, of this program actually did uh, call it a very profane name using the of. And it is one is the one that also, if you don't know who it is, Ben, it's the one who wants to be a coroner. That, you know, I was about to invoke their name jokingly, mm -hmm. but the fact that it's really them, I just, I don't have anything for that. Sure. And only like longtime listeners will know who that is unless they go to like our show page. It's, it's an early episode it's nice since I don't think we've, you know, reveled in it recently. It truly is the peak of insanity mm -hmm. and probably the, the just the apex of what we're capable of when we and some random friend of ours get together on Zoom and are really bored and just want to riff, which is still at its heart what this show is about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um but yeah, so Ben and I uh, helped pass this uh, resolution, or this not rule resolution, this rule change about it. There was a lot of haters on it, but you know, haters gonna hate. As as the famous philosopher uh, Taylor the Swift once said, yes. Mm -hmm. But so now all we gotta do is come up with some bylaws, which I have drafted for the new chairs, and then boom. You should let some of them know that because they're like talking about putting that together as it is. So they would probably like the job. Yeah, yeah Ben, um, when we hop off this, yeah, I'll send you that and then you can pass it on to them. Excellent. Yes. But yeah, so uh, everyone, we were in Cincinnati, you know, um, you know, really wasn't in terms of a YDA convention that uh, drama filled. I'd say this is like the least drama filled since uh, Louisville. Which is impressive because that's the one where there was literally not competition. I think in this case, you know, there are two factors in that. One, because it was a hybrid convention, uh, just by necessity due to COVID, there were less people than you would normally have. Normally, convention is anywhere between, you know, I've seen anywhere between one and 2,000 people. The, the high point coming, I mean, many years ago. But still, this one was, they said it was somewhere a bit over 600, I think. Uh, and that's just in person. I mean, obviously, a lot of people participated remotely. Um, but that cuts down on the tension a little bit because there are less crowds. The intensity of campaigning is turned down a bit. Um, and I think the, I don't know, the, the, the silos that campaigns create were all very, so much more insular than normal that maybe they just didn't the rancor that they had didn't branch out quite as well, or they didn't do quite as good a job selling the, you know, vote for us or the entire world will spin off its axis that some people are prone to at these events. Either way, I think that was definitely for the best because when it was there, it was still rather unpleasant. 
but that is not outside the norm for us. Yeah, and for listeners who have been living under a rock, the YDA rematch in Slate 1, um, there were, well, two main slates, and then there was a third candidate for president, whom we're going to limit how much we talk about that person, uh, because there was a lot of stuff said that's probably on the line of defamation, and we don't want to be sued. We're both too pretty to go to jail. Yeah, I know, man. We would be eating alive in there. Um, yeah, there. And also, that person always, happens to be our number one fan of this there, podcast. There's a lot of chaos that happens in YDA, and I love it dearly. And it's been part of my life for many years. Mm-hmm. But convention does occasionally bring out the worst in people. That sort of you know internal hyper competitiveness that stops truly does stop mattering the moment the election is over as heated as some people get about it um you know the fact that inevitably some of my friends are going to be deeply shitty to others uh and the last several conventions i have had some well this one i didn't have a ready-made excuse to not get involved so much as i was just good at sort of claiming my space and saying i don't care enough Uh, The previous two before that, I was the Judicial Council chair, and so I had to remain impartial because I, if there had been any disputes over the election or anything leading up to it, uh, I would have adjudicated that. So I could just claim that and say, leave me alone. And I got to tell you, that part was great. Everything else about Judicial Council chairs sucked. Oh my God, yes. It is why I drink. Um, And I I had a great talk with uh, my successor in that position, Jacintha, on site, who, you know, was not going to be in the position again after this term anyway, and was quite happy about that herself. And it's like, you know what? I do not blame you. So anyone here who, you know, listens and ever has, like, the idea that they might want to chair the Judicial Council of YDA, uh, first of all, the hell is wrong with you. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you can talk. You, I promise you, you have friends or, uh, you know, one of those like therapy text lines. There, there are better ways. I promise you, there are better ways. Maybe take a back throwing. Sam collecting. Yeah. 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 There are better things to do with your life. Um, <laughs> like, I got voluntold in doing a judicial alternate. So. Oh, God, have mercy on your soul. Yeah. But it's also been, like, proven by this podcast that I am also... There are a few screws loose with me, so... I mean, yes. My my constant Disney refrain for YDA is that we're all mad here, and... I mean, would you ever think that you were going to be any exception, Seamus? I mean, you chaired a caucus, uh, you know, you co-host a podcast that's literally just about stuff that happens in YDA. I'm chair of a pack that started as a prank that I uh, helped pull in YDA. Uh-huh. Like, it is actually truly astounding how many, like, how much shenanigans I've done from my YDA experience. A lot. Quite mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, and this is probably why... We keep coming back, even though we always have certain complaints about it, because when the weird shit is fun, it's too much fun, and you just don't want to get rid of that. I mean, come on, what the hell else are you going to be doing? Like, staying at home? Exercising? Something bullshit? Ew! (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so Reimagine One, which you know was sort of expected uh, by most people going into the convention. Um, we're not gonna hear, we're not gonna like say anything negative about any of the other candidates because that's just not cool. I think the nature of the election itself is one that everyone spent the last several months living and does not necessarily need to rehash. Um, and that's probably for the best. There are some things that you just want to leave in the past, and most YDA elections are among them. Yeah, and also best friend of the pod, it was campaign manager for the main opposing slate. So, you know, we're not going to burn our bridges. I mean, there are plenty of people in YDA I'm happy to burn bridges with, but that's for a different time. Mm-hmm. That being said, if somebody wants to like donate a few hundred dollars to Dogpack, uh, then I could probably be incentivized to just go on like little 10 minute rants about people I don't like. Uh, but y- I mean, y- you gotta earn that people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and we're, yeah, we don't give this stuff out for free, you know, we're not hussies. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just to bring up the other elephant in the room. So upon, uh, returning from Cincinnati, just as a precaution, I did get a C, uh, PCR test and it came back positive. So I got coronavirus. Uh, everyone, I am okay. Um, basically, I woke up this morning, no symptoms. Like it's, if I had not gotten the PCR test, it would have just felt like a regular cold. Um, mostly just, you know, taking it easy. Um, I should be out of isolation on Wednesday based on CDC guidelines. Uh, but yeah, really very, it really just feels like the cold and haven't had a fever, haven't had loss of taste or smell. It's mostly just like runny nose and, um, sore throat, uh, sinus pain, nothing serious. See, man, if you want to be trendy, there are really better ways to do it. You think I try and be trendy with having coronavirus? Yeah, everyone's doing it. Wow, you really think I'm a sick that sick of a person? <laughs> like, I mean, you get you tested positive, so technically. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Like, yeah, I am. I have a sick sense of humor, but I'm not. I'm not trying to like make points of, off of me. But testing positive, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, folks, just get tested. Just you know, every now and then, just for the hell of it. You know, it's it's. It's community saving or saving. It's this is, you know, I obviously at some point we are given who we are and who we reach out to with this show. We are probably preaching to the choir quite a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, be safe. Even I got tested. Thankfully, I tested negative because, you know, I I knew just enough at that point to know that there was a possibility that I might go around um, as careful as we all are and as much trust as I have in the people that I was attending this with, you know, being the ones that were going to be more responsible about getting vaccinated uh, and wearing their masks, things happen. Um, I, I was fortunate to come back negative. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of jokes I could make about being a negative person and it working out for me. But the peace of mind matters. I mean, I'm happy to know that I can leave my house and go and see friends tomorrow or have lunch with my parents on Sunday 
without any major risk of transmission because I haven't really gone anywhere else since then. And just so way listeners know, um, firstly, 97% of the attendees at the convention were vaccinated. Like you had to show proof of vaccination to attend or medical clearance saying that you could not be vaccinated for whatever reason. Uh, second thing is I myself am actually a certified contact tracer. I did trace all my contacts uh, during the convention. None of them ever came out positive. So based on my own research, from what I can gather, I probably got on the flight coming home. Um, so it is what it is. It, no one, to my knowledge, actually got coronavirus from the convention itself. So it yeah. was not a super spreader event. And uh, we give huge props to the entire convention team for putting on what was truly a miracle convention uh, based on all of the hiccups and things that could have gone wrong. It was a hybrid convention. The very first one ever, you know, really went out with, with minus a few problems here and there, it really went without a hitch. Now, you said you're a certified contract uh, contact tracer. What, what, what all does that entail? Um, it was me going through an online class done by John Hopkins. And basically just teaches you the basics of COVID-19 and then also how to contact trace. And then like the stuff that you also have to know, like for like uh, basic information about HIPAA and stuff like that. So um, quick rundown is stuff about how COVID-19 works and like what the virus is, you know, origins, symptoms. Then contact tracing, literally it's once you find somebody that has it, you try to have them figure out everyone like within a certain time frame of when they would have probably first gotten infected to the present of who they got, came in contact with for sustained periods of time, create a list of that and you call them up and you contact them and you tell, hey, you've been in co uh, contact with someone with COVID, got to get tested, you know, uh, go into quarantine. Uh, and then also you basically just, you know, have to have some good bedside manner on that stuff because it can be tough for some. And rest is uh, history. Um, you know, with me, since I knew who I came in contact with and basically all of them my Facebook friends with, you know, I just post, posted something about it on Facebook and told a few pe people privately. But um yeah, everyone has come back negative, thank goodness, you know, and I think that my very mild symptoms, everyone not getting infected, uh, was all thanks to the vaccine. So, proof everyone vaccines work. Yes, I got infected, you know, the vaccine is only 97% effective, you know, I'm still part of the 3%, and probably got the Delta variant, which is questions about how effective it is, but, you know, it better than me be on a damn ventilator. So get let this be a lesson, everyone. Get your crap done, figure out if you did get, uh, if you did come back positive where it came from. Apparently the process to be skilled at doing that is only slightly more rigorous than, you know, what it took for me to become an ordained minister, so. Oh, I think I got my contact tracing the same week I became a minister. Nice. So you it were was getting yeah, I was getting a whole bunch of certifications the same week. So you could both like conduct weddings 
and find out if anyone got sick, how it happened at the same time. That, that's actually very practical. This actually, you're, are you trying to become like my agent for like some sort of like side gig? There might be a good pitch to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are concerned right now. People still want to have major like life events, um, but they want to be careful and they want. Okay, to if you want to open, well, you're the you're the attorney. If you want to open up the corporation and all that in Kansas, you know, as we did with Dog Pack, mm-hmm. you know, let me know. There is potential to this. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, seventy thirty. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This is called innovation, people. This is what the yes. world is built on. Absolutely. Also, you have to admit the irony that I'm a host of a podcast that was stemming that stemmed from the coronavirus pandemic. I was about to say. This is literally the first time in the his, you know year plus history of kooky quarantine that one of us has literally been in quarantine, uh, and I think that's I think that's kind of monumentous. I'm I'm really excited about that. Technically speaking, we've both been in quarantine. I'm in isolation. Eh, lockdown. Technically, you know, there I could leave my house even at the height of it if I needed to go grocery shopping or like. I could go to my parents' house or something like that if I wanted. Just, you know, things were closed. Wasn't supposed to do anything extraneous. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm under isolation, not quarantine. There's a difference, according to the CDC. I see. Yeah, and because, you know, all hail Dr. Fauci. Like, Ben, if you're a deity, he is a titan. Does that mean he and I are going to fight? No, it means that he's going to beat you in a fight. I'm pretty sure that like the the gods came out on top of that, if if I remember Greek mythology correctly. I don't. Want it's because that Zeus. Okay, it's because Zeus was just like a was just a bad son. Okay. I mean, yes, that's very true. I was just gonna say I don't I don't want to have to have a, a war with with Fauci, uh, especially one where I lock him in the pits of Tartarus and then. I mean, I'm fine with ruling everything from there, but there, there, there seems to be some unnecessary conflict. And I am having way too many puns in my head about like what a war with Anthony Fauci would uh, be called. It would be, by the way, it would be called the Fauci Machi. Um And and I'm I'm going to get very distracted with this if we continue on this subject, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, so everyone, uh, if you want some free content or something, come message us with uh, on Facebook or Twitter with your best Fauci war uh, puns. Oh, please do. At Cookie Quarantine on Facebook and Twitter. But yeah, so also I wrote my graduate capstone on messaging for a vaccine mandate. So COVID vaccine mandate, not just regular. So the this is like the epitome of ironies that I got it. It's you know you're living your work. Uh, that's dedication. Unintentionally, unintentionally, my friend. Ah, they always say that at first. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. So, uh, what are our hot takes from convention? Um. 
nothing in Cincinnati is open at a sensible hour. Uh, that was infuriating. Their, their weird chili with cocoa in spaghetti is actually not too bad. Yeah. It took me a while to actually get it because every time I wanted to, because there was a skyline near the hotel, um, it was it was always like, oh, one of the weird hours that they weren't open because I don't know. Every restaurant in Cincinnati, apparently, between the hours of like two and five, just cannot be open. And I don't know if that's law or custom. Uh, it was uh, it was frustrating. So yeah, my my last great attempt before being like just in the airports and jumping on it when I saw it in the food courts when I had enough of a layover uh, was I tried to walk to one. 10 minutes before it closed, got there too late, and then, you know, discovered that the person catcalling me from the road was friend of the pod, Becky Beaver, and just hopping in her car with a couple of our friends and riding off to someplace completely different for dinner. It was a fun time. Uh, let's see what else. Also, Ohio, uh, they had to stop it with their damn OH thing. We, we know, guys, we know how to spell your state. It's actually... I don't want to burst any bubbles here, but it's actually not that complicated. It, it's one more letter than my own name. Mm-hmm. I, I promise we know at this point. Like, if, if Massachusetts wants to start doing that, there will be some educational value. But y'all are, I'm, I'm not going to do it because I will start doing it in the cadence of their little chant. And that'll just be triggering for both of us. It was triggering from them doing it in Indianapolis. Oh, my God. So when they started doing it in their home state, it was really bad. Um, Guys, they're also very. uh, They're Ohio. We love you, but y'all were also very loud during the Great Lakes region meeting. I think that was an issue for a few states. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that a certain you know very large states whose nickname involves a celestial body being solitary was making lots of noise and I had to walk next door and tell them to be quiet so that I could run my own meeting. I'm not not, not saying it though. For God's sake, Texas, we know you're there. There are lots of you. You you cannot shout for five minutes. Anyone who's listening from Texas, um, sorry, I made you feel bad but please you know take it down indoor horses um let's see anything else um also Brittany got freed that during that weekend and yeah it was actual news in the convention yeah Brittany got freed and also uh trump did not retake office you know we were talking about that that was, we're supposed that was to do, Sorry. We were supposed to have a podcast taping last Friday, like giving hot takes with that with uh, Danielle Namath and I guess it was uh, Drew Pollum, right? I think so. Yeah, we never did that, but because we suck, but. We, we, it could have been like this great metafictional, like, you know, dispatches from the Trumpissants mm-hmm. uh, show, and it just wasn't meant to be because everyone was running around like a maniac and exhausted. Um, as was the case for many of the things that we tried to plan out before to, before the convention itself, or when we were there on the ground. Uh, but yeah, the 13th, aside from, you know, being the traditional day where you put on a mask and murder teenagers, 
uh, was supposed to be the day, according to the MyPillow guy, that Donald Trump somehow retook office. And I got to tell you, we were all just waiting with bated breath from you know morning to night, and it just didn't happen. It was like it's like we waited too long to fall asleep on Christmas night, and so Santa Claus didn't show up. But in this case, instead of not getting presents, it's that we didn't get like an angry old rapist back in the White House. And I actually did make sure to tell the convention chair um who she would actually probably come on the pod if we asked her carrie mcfadden um, her terms over what else does she have going on really yeah like a work life like what's that um but i did ask her that uh if slash when the uh trump retook office that she would make an uh announcement from the dais i mean i don't think she would need to i think we would just know i assume like trumpets were gonna sound uh, you know, some like orange doves were going to be released into the air. Um, the streets would run red with confetti. Con- <laughs> oh, at first I was like, it, that that took me a second. I thought you were going to say confetti, and you just like messed up. But okay, ni- nicely done, sir. Thank you. There's so much to work in there when you're wondering about, you know, the fever dream that was the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't know if anyone else has realized this phenomenon since January, but it's really easy to not have quite the same level of despair anymore. Uh, and then maybe it's a coping mechanism to just not think about it. Uh, but holy shit, things as weird and crazy as they are are a very different kind of weird and crazy. And one that, while I frequently don't like, is still at least, I don't know, I, I don't perpetually have the thought that society is about to fold in on itself into some twisted origami of stupid. Um, Maybe I should try recalling those uh, numbers. Remember on January 20th during, I did that those um, that special taping during our brunch Mm-hmm. of calling those uh, thank you Donald Trump phone numbers. I should see like, if they're still up. I, I want to know. I mean, I feel like we didn't get the results that we wanted from that exercise. Because did we actually talk to a person? What what happened with that? I remember being a little bit let down by that. Um, oh, yes. It was that we said that uh, we gave them the number for us because we said that we had a political action committee that wanted to like endorse Trump or something yeah. like that. Uh, and they said that they would uh, like give me a call back. They never did. Oh, that is a damn shame. And for the people who are running that hotline, come on, y'all. This is why your guy didn't get reelected. Mm-hmm. You're not like, going to take the fucking Oval Office without the kooky quarantine. Come on. Mm-hmm. And... Well, this also because they advertise on OAN. You're like you gotta, if you're gonna get these people, you gotta do MSNBC. You know, pay the big bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it hit enemy territory. You know, OAN like they're a dying breed because right now they're about to. They literally have to uh, pay at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars to uh, Rachel Maddow. About to say they're giving MSNBC the big bucks right now, whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me assure the producers of OAN, we charge actually only about a third of what MSNBC does. Um, we're, we're not the same broadcast operation. And so we can really pass the savings along to you. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come on, be smart. And we have really very few scruples on saying some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, no, we, we, we are not... We're, 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 we told it, we basically gaslit a guest into believing that her cat was a uh, sleeper agent from the CIA. So <laughs> our our line is very low. Yeah, gaslit. That's that's correct. That was totally not real, and we were just doing it to mess with Melissa. Of course, exactly. Why 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 would anyone think anything else? I mean, that if we were actually exposing any of our furry agents, I mean, that could put their lives in jeopardy. And then, of course, we'd probably be violation of the Espionage Act. Yeah, and we can't have that. Again, we're too pretty to go to jail. So pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god. I mean, we'd, we'd be destroyed or we would take over, and I don't want to know which. Fair, yeah. Or, third option. Okay. We create a bunch of musicals. Did you say we create a bunch of musicals? Yes. Huh. We'd produce musicals. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a deep cut, but I see what you're going for. No, okay. It, it took you a second, didn't it? It really did. Uh, I've literally worked backstage on a production of The Producers before, and that took me a second. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were going that direction, but bravo. Thank you. And actually, uh, there is a new musical coming out off-Broadway based on Andrew Cuomo that was written by someone Andrew Cuomo put away as Attorney General uh, that the guy wrote while in prison. Like, is, is it out yet? Has he had time to like come in with a quick epilogue that's literally just him standing on stage laughing? Um. It's coming out like in October. Mm, okay, so there's still time. Yeah, you know, that, that might be, still be in workshops. That's that's fine. That's that's how the system works. Uh, yeah. I hold on. I have the article saved because okay. this is the type of thing that I would like to bring some some of my friends, maybe my girlfriend, to see. Uh, what is the name of this thing? It's called a turtle on a fence post. Ooh. It is written by. Uh, what's his name? Morris. Hank Morris. Uh, he was prosecuted by Cuomo in 2010 over a pension fraud pay-to-play scheme. And he, while in prison, he began writing a musical. Uh, previews will begin October 26th. Full premiere set for November 14th. And as long as it can run longer than the Spider-Man show, then it's in good shape. Well, Spider-Man show... It would have been fine if it wasn't for Julie Taymor. She creates great stuff, but her vision always goes way over what it has to be. And sometimes you have to know when to tame it, uh, take things back. And Bono and the Edge were absolutely right to can her. Yeah. And I actually, I really wanted to see that show because one, I'm a Spider-Man fan. Two, I listened to the soundtrack. It's actually pretty good. I think we all wanted to see that just because, I don't know, it seemed like it was going to be a complete train wreck. I, I've watched uh, clips of some of the yeah. songs on YouTube, yeah. and I feel like if you know you got to that one night where somebody didn't like fall off the cable and break their leg, it probably could have been a great time. 
nowadays, I mean, the way that Disney works, they would probably just have robots do all of that. Uh, and they have the money that it probably would have worked, uh, which yeah. is both wondrous and terrifying. The one problem, though, is that they changed Spider-Man's origin story somewhat. Ben just gave a look of like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So, yes, he, while Peter Parker was still bitten by the radioactive spider and all that, it was done by this, uh, who, what was the name of the villain? Spider-Man. No, no, no. It's, there's a specific uh, villain that's created just for the show. It's, mm. and I, I have to give it proper credence. Uh, yes. It is uh, Arachne. It is this Greek god um, that is supposed to have basically been almost like the how can I say this? Like the Speed Force, but for other Spider-Men. Huh. And so she chose Peter to do all, uh, become Spider-Man. And okay, well that's a thing. Uh, it's what what could have been. Yeah. Broadway is a cruel and fickle mistress. And they also like redid a lot of the songs and stuff over the time to- over time, and they changed some of the storylines. Uh, because they need to help like fit the original story of Spider-Man into this whole Arachne thing. Huh. Like, if you go on the Wikipedia, you will see that there are literally two different versions of the show. You know, I'm, I'm used to a lot of strange things if I read comic books, and I do. Mm-hmm. I, I Maybe it's just amplified being in that media... That said, they did actually have like an all-star cast on that show. Reeve Carney, um, Jennifer uh, DiMagno, who anyone who saw the original cast of Next Normal knew that she was in, um, she played uh, Natalie. Patrick Page, which Broadway royalty and currently in the film version of In the Heights. You know, Matt Kaplan, so. And, you of know, course, now. Reeve Carney had free time and got to do Hades Town because of that, so that works. Actually, weirdly, there is a lot of overlap. There is quite a bit of overlap between Hades Town and Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark because Patrick Page was also in Hades Town. It was all a plot by Mephisto, mm-hmm. and you have to be a massive comic book nerd to think that's as funny as I did. Mm. This is okay. I accept this. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. My thing with comic books is that I was never, I was more of a fan of the cartoons of all, all of them. And it was more of this is weird. I'll admit when I explain this, it hurt my eyes to read comic books. And the fact that I would have to go back and forth between very quickly between reading and the words and then the actions. Also, if you're talking about like the, you know, the early and mid 90s, uh, when we would have been kids and all the great superhero cartoons were on, uh, comic book art kind of sucked then. Mm-hmm. Um, just look up a guy named Rob Liefeld. Uh, you will 
spend hours learning all the ways that he did not understand what human bodies were and incorporated that into his work in unironic ways. And that was very popular for a while. Mm. Didn't know how to draw feet. Not, not even kidding. But think that that's like relatively easy to do. You think, right? Invented a lot of muscles. Um, every woman's waist was so small that you could probably wrap a hand around it. Uh, everyone was grimacing. And for some reason, every article of clothing had like 10 pouches. Superheroes in 1992 really cared about their pouches. What they kept in all of them, I don't know. Probably snacks. Well, it's like... Um... Name escapes me, Black Widow's sister. Yeah, no, she had her vest. She loved it. Yeah, it the vest, like she added extra pouches in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If everyone was as cute as Florence Pugh, uh, you know, marveling at her vest, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Which also props to uh, Scarlett Johansson on taking on the on the mouse for screwing her out of money. It's true. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be nice to Disney for, you know, all the fun things they do with certain beloved properties. And then they do that. And that makes me sad. Uh, Like, guys, come on. I was this close to overlooking what a massive corporate behemoth you were in rooting for you. And then you just made it difficult again. They're also kind of anti-union. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, no issue. While we love the mouse, we also, uh, I for one am rodent phobic. I actually really am in real life. So, uh, mouse around me, I would actually, if I saw like Mickey, Mickey, like a real life one, I would freak out. Like, I would literally break out in hives. This, listeners, is why we can never record an episode from Disneyland. The moment we walk in, I mean, he will just curl up in a ball and start crying. And that may sound, as I'm describing it to you now, like good audio content, but it isn't. It gets old after about 20 minutes. Yeah, and Ben, like, you know, he's the real, like, sociopath here. And so if Ben is saying that this is over the line, you know it's over the line. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. You can be an asshole, but have standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, if Mickey's like in a spacesuit or something, I'll be okay. Huh. So you know he's there, but it's just like the cognitive dissonance of not yeah. seeing him because of the spacesuit. Yeah. So like he's if he's, but if he's like in, in like one of his outfits, like when he's Chef Mickey or something, he's fine. I see. So you so you're not bothered by hearing the voice. It's just looking at. If, you, if, if somebody like comes out here, they're completely obscured by that opaque helmet that the astronauts have to wear. And then they come up to you and all you can hear like through that muffled sound is like, oh, hi, Sharice. that's not going to bother you. It's when they take it off and there's the ears and the, you know. No, the- no, it's, no, no. See, here's the thing. It's not Mickey himself. It's if they actually made like a real life Mickey. Like, and I mean, like, real life as in, like, all furry and stuff. Okay, but see, you're getting into something sort of mad science and I think most people would be upset if just, like, a real anthropomorphic five-foot-tall mouse with suspenders and, like, you know, horrible corporate instincts started wandering around their neighborhood. I think most people would be terrified by that, so I, that, that's not really a quirk. That's just being rational. Uh, considering how much money... 
Disney is already built out of people, including you and I. Oh, yeah. Let's face facts. People are not rational. I know. So. Saying that I, like, you know, before we recorded, had my Disney Plus up and was watching DuckTales, but I'm not not saying it. Original or remake? The, The remake with David Tennant as Scrooge. It's wonderful. Fun fact. I uh, asked a question on Dear Hank and John, which, full disclosure, is my favorite podcast, about that made to the show. I asked the question about, uh, so, Ben, you may know this. In the new DuckTales, Huey, Louie, and uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, that actually refers to their birth order. Um, And I asked the question, can you have uh, triplet ducks? And how do you determine birth order? Is it based on when the egg is fertilized, uh, when it separates, or when they hatch? Or when they pop out, or when they hatch? Hank Green, who was supposed to be the science one, did not know. But John did. Nope. Neither did. Oh, my. I, I think that's a very wonderful philosophical debate over the nature of, you know, waterfowl siblings. And I got to say, this is why it's a shame that we don't record more episodes without guests, because we get into the real issues when we're just riffing. And actually, listeners, for, let's say, a cool 250 to dog pack, you can decide what the answer is. Whatever, whatever, whoever donates 250 first... Will uh, they can decide how birth order of twin or triplet ducks is determined? Literally, we will just let you decree it, and we will discuss it on the show as objective fact. I have mm-hmm. absolutely no shame about doing this. Mm-hmm. If you want to specify which of the uh, the duck triplets it is, if it's Huey, Louie, or Dewey, then go right ahead. No, no. Mm-hmm. See, no. The way it works is in the show, Huey is the oldest, but it would be determined if. What they're what I'm suggesting is is it do you determine age based or who's the oldest based on when they hatch, when the egg is fertilized, when the egg uh, splits, or when the egg uh, pops out of the hen? Let me just or, say right now preemptively, if we start having a discussion about duck abortion, I'm going to be very upset. Wow, I was not going there, but okay. <laughs> You don't, like, live in a state where, you know, every two miles on the highway, there is another inflammatory billboard, do you? No, I don't, actually. Uh, Minus the ones that say Governor Andrew Cuomo on the bottom. I'm, no. Ah, well, that is a question. (laughs) Wait, uh, please tell me you get the ones that say that, um... Uh, Mountain Dew wants to uh, make you have abortions. Mountain Dew? Oh no, that's one. Appa- that's one apparently that uh, a friend of mine who used to work at Plain Paranoid scene. I've never seen one tying Mountain Dew to abortion. Uh, what 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 is the logic there? You know, I don't know. At some point, okay. If if any listeners know what the connection here is. Uh, you don't have to come on the show and discuss it, but if you want to, feel free. Otherwise, just message me because I I am morbidly curious now. Yeah. Or message us on the pod at Cookie Quarantine on Twitter and Facebook. You know, 
is there like i want to know which sodas are more tied to what social movements like if if mountain dew leads to uh to abortion i mean what what is what is seven up do what about sprites do they all just like have different stances well according to kylie jenner uh if you remember uh i try not to yeah yeah Pe- pepsi will actually uh like cure all racial tensions oh that's right yeah so pepsi diffuses uh the conflicts with the police okay i assume dr pepper like uh, because i don't want it to do any wrong oh i don't know probably just cures all illnesses oh yeah i was just gonna say maybe pays your medical bills but whatever works let's see well oh I could make a good 7-Up joke, but it's way too raunchy. But just think about early 2000s 7-Up commercials. Remember the t-shirt? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Digging deep here. Okay, I put it in the chat. And I like, remember. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in many years, but I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, 7-Up since it's some kinky stuff. See, this, this would have been great discussion for us to have had with people, uh, in Cincinnati. I think what we should have done, Seamus, is we should have just, like, staked out, you know, a, a bench somewhere in the common area at convention, set up our recording equipment, and just let people drift in and out, whenever they heard us say anything particularly weird and see what they had to contribute. I think that could have been fascinating. Yeah. Unfortunately, both of us had like meetings to go to. <sighs> Fucking responsibilities. Why, 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 why did we do that? Because we are gluttons for pain. We really are. I mean, like I both know. of us chose to be on credentials committee. I know. Uh Literally, the first thing I did when I got to the hotel was it was going on and I walked in there because I couldn't get into my room yet. Mm-hmm. This is how I passed the time, people. I went to credentials committee. Which is arguably the, probably the most important committee. but ev- And it's not exactly a hard committee, but everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is a lot of very tedious work that has to be done one by one. Doing the hard work so you good folk don't have to. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. We just this way the youngins can actually go and enjoy like the trainings and get to meet people. Yeah, we're, we're this is this is the sacrifice we made. I think if you uh, if you want to say thank you, you can make a donation to Dog Pack. Please do for us. Yes, just to search dog pack on or do, the dogpack.com. Just a donate link right there. Yeah. The more you do, the less weird, random stuff we will think of to try to force people to or to, you know, pigeonhole references to making uh, donations to dog pack, which we know that at some point you would like us to stop doing. So, you know, move the needle, people. Mm-hmm. This, this has become like a weird telethon, hasn't it? It has. It has. Uh, do we have any musical guests or comedians to go and do some little sets while we're answering calls? Who was supposed to book that? Fuck, fuck was that me? 
you had one job to do. And this is the okay. first time I this is the one time I delegate some duties as executive producer. Also, never gonna leave you anything again. And you were the one who just like an hour ago said that uh, brought up about how the Jews helped in, uh, create stand-up comedians. You can't even book one. You know, I know. You'd think I, I, I really could have leaned on some clout there. Like you could have gotten us like what Ben Stiller. Maybe. You know, just plenty. Of, who else was? Who else could we have gotten? Um, like, do you want me to pull up a list of Jewish stand-up comedians? Because that's a long list. Nah, it's it's good. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, John Stewart's right there. Yeah. Well, and well, John Stewart though, if he actually came on this show, like we actually would finally make some money. I would. I would. I would be a very, very happy person. I might cry. I've seen you cry, but it's only been tears of joy. Yeah. But it's still a very refreshing thing to see. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ah, so it's been about an hour, you know. Good way to pass the evening, you know, since someone decides to uh, not uh, throw D&D our way, you know, because they had their life and prioritize and all that. This dedicate this episode dedicated to Ruth having actual human being things to do. Mm-hmm. No, actually, let's dedicate this episode. To uh, absolutely. Yeah, that was the person who we also have been voting for, but there was no yeah. write-in option. Which is a damn shame because I would have voted for her. Mm-hmm. Our 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 DMs, uh, great school age child who occasionally steps in and dms our game and i gotta say does a bang up job of it mm. like we decided that she should have been run for yda president and she would have been awesome i fully agree mm-hmm. been wonderful there would have been a lot more kitties and meetings i think everyone would do well with that yeah you know it'd just be a lot more fun um yeah so for YDA president 2023. We can make it happen. We'll talk to Ruth. hmm And, you know, in the meantime, Ben, you and I can, like, work on changing the bylaws to allow and all that. I think this can be done. I think we have the power. Yeah. Well, this, this see, high school, high school really caucus wants to change the rules to make it that uh, a minimum age is 14. I'd say we make it two. Make it happen, people. I commend you, our listeners, get behind this. This is our bully pulpit. We will use it. I don't mind being corrupt. It's fun. Seamus doesn't have anything to say. It's a shame. No, it's because we already knew you're corrupt. No. Damn it. Well, that's not as impactful. Mm -hmm. We've literally just said for the past hour, we'll do a lot of stuff for money. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I, I suppose I have sort of left all that on the table, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, it's been a fun time, Ben, you know, catching up, you know. Next time we're in the same place, we should actually remember to set us a, you know, set aside an hour yeah. to literally do it and not just, you know, hope on a wing and a prayer that we'll be able to like we did last week, because uh, that was a failure. 
Yeah. And also, we definitely cannot, we're not allowed to take naps. No. Yeah. That's what, that was my fault. My bad. Uh, our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamada. Uh, this has been a uh, production of Dogback Incorporated. Uh, all donations to Dogback are not tax deductible. Um, and also, you got to be like a U.S. citizen, permanent resident. Um, I guess that's all the legal mumbo jumbo. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. And also, for the next th- five days, stay away from me because I'm still under isolation. I believe in you, people. I know it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Give him his space. Bye, everyone. Bye.